0: previously on hound radio's arch campbell podcast so here's my problem right now because i'm catching up on the last season of mrs mazel and barry oh and, uh, man. uh uh what's the other one uh, uh the uh, better call saw session and succession and my yeah. my problem is for me i've just seen something incredible happen and i can't call anyone and say do you believe it because they say well
1: <laughs> yeah that happened last yeah, year I saw
0: six months ago it's like it's like calling someone up at a film club and saying it's a sled can you believe it it's
2: a sled (laughs) and they threw it in the fire the arch campbell podcast
0: featuring arch lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now
2: that was our friend Bill Newcott from the Saturday Evening Post discussing the agony of catching up on the streaming that we've already watched. You know how that goes. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is directing and producing and smiling in the worldwide headquarters <laughs> of Cats Podcasting. Lou, are you all ready for today?
1: I am all ready for today. I've I've uh, filed my nails on my paws. I'm all ready to run the controls and, and make sure this turns out to be a top-notch podcast like they always are.
2: Well, thanks to you that they are. So here we are. And speaking of top-notch, with us today in Los Angeles, all the way on the West Coast. He's the entertainment critic for Observer.com. He's a professor at Emerson College. He's the D.C. native gone west. Mm-hmm. He's the great Oliver Jones.
1: All right, Oliver. So
2: glad to be here, Arch. Yes, yes, yes. Love, uh, love hearing your uh, your thoughts, Oliver, and uh, love hearing how it is in L.A. These days. And meantime, here in DC, our dear friend, the network news and sports producer and recon tour, holder of more frequent flyer miles at the AMC Theater than any other person in America, <laughs> let's say hello to Cinema Lou Charlotte. Lou. Hi, Lou. How Lou. Are you? Lou. How are you? Lou. Welcome. Oh, here we go. And there's a lot to talk about today, so I want to jump into it. Uh, Clearly, this is the biggest movie week of the year with the opening of Oppenheimer and the opening of Barbie. And Oliver, I'd like to start by asking your take on Oppenheimer.
0: Well, first of all, you call it the biggest um, cinema weekend of the year. I think you're underselling it, Arch. I mean, this is a a moon landing for the industry at really one of the most desperate times it's ever faced. Right, The news has only been bad and is getting more and more desperate. Uh, And the fact that we have this not just good news, but this just astounding cultural moment. You know, between these two films and this um, during this desperate and sad and frightening time for this industry is is very exciting. Um, And um, and it's really you know for people like like you and me and Lou who love the movies so much to just have a moment where movies matter so much. uh, Where this is the first
2: week I can remember where people are actually talking about the movies. It's the first week I can remember. Uh, in two or three years, since since before COVID,
0: are you kidding? It's like being in the seventies again. <laughs> it's like all over uh, once again. Movies matter, and it's really an exciting thing. So you know, regardless of what uh, you know I or or you uh, may think are the the glories or um or foibles of uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie, uh, this is a very uh, special moment, and I I just want to celebrate it. Uh, Do you feel the same way, Lou? Well, I'm going to let you in on a secret. We'll keep it between us. Nobody gets to hear this
3: but us. I've seen Barbie three times. (laughs) (laughs) I I went to see it by myself when it opened. I was in New York. A friend of mine said, let's go see Barbie. I said, "Okay." And my wife wanted to see it. The point is all three times the theaters were sold out. Yeah. It was a Thursday mm. afternoon, a Saturday which you can understand maybe, and a Tuesday afternoon. Sold wow. out. I could barely find two seats together. And I this think that's weekend, wonderful.
2: I looked at the screenings at Montgomery Mall where you go, Lou, mm-hmm. and they had 18 showings of Barbie. Mm. 18. I I never remember that.
3: Yeah. And probably most were sold out or or at least, you know, 60, 70, 80 percent full.
2: So do our, we just jump in and say
0: that it, Barbie- it's not just the size of these movies and the fact that they're popular, but it's also that these are singular visions by artists. Right. I mean, in both cases, these are movies that are made by directors who have a very clear idea of what they want to do that that are really imparting their vision and their passion onto the film it's not you know you do not feel the presence of shareholders or corporate overlords uh in the way that we have in our movies uh even though one of these movies is called barbie right uh and um so 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 that you know it's just a very exciting moment and uh and I kind of feel like we we need to celebrate this uh yearly now you
2: know um that, that- barbie had the cooperation of mattel right you know, mattel was was in for that and so you would think that their fingers would be all, all over it but evidently not well instead they get sent up
0: uh the the the, uh, the hand got bitten uh that fed it um in a uh, in a satisfying manner but uh i i i adored uh barbie but i've only seen it once um uh lou missing so much how how did it stand (laughs) up uh did the audiences react at different moments in uh, the different screenings that you watched the laughter throughout and applause at the end all three times applause at the end of the movie we got uh I we got an applause and one person stood up uh after America Ferrera's monologue uh when mm. I saw it in um uh in at the Grove uh in Hollywood and um and again it was just a it was just a collective moment of um of 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 pride and joy and you're right Lou I mean the secret to this movie is not its politics or uh, even its terrific performances but the comedy. Uh, the comedy works on really so many levels. is really sharp and specific, and um, and very effective. And you know, uh, and and it also runs across a lot of different
2: types of humor. And you two don't see any pushback to Barbie uh, uh, along the lines of number one. It's everywhere. You hear about it all the time. I'm hearing from occasional uh, old people. Barbie, Barbie, I'm so tired of hearing about Barbie. What's the deal with Barbie? And the other thing is the uh, the conservative mothers who bring their daughters and discover they're watching, uh, uh, you know, a few feminist threads.
0: Well, yes, and, and I know that, that for many people, if you're exposed to feminism, you start to melt. You know, it's like <laughs> of the Wicked Witch. Uh, you know, you'll just disappear if you, you start to discuss these ideas. Uh, so definitely be careful out there, especially if you're a wicked witch. Um, so, Arch, to, to what you're saying,
3: somebody this morning said to me, "I'm so tired of hearing about Barbie. I'm going to have to go see it." <laughs> and and you know, I mean, look, there's stuff in there that young girls, young well, young kids, yeah, uh, you know, it's maybe a little risque, but a lot of it goes over their heads. And I think there's enough in there—the visuals and, and the jokes—and that, that I think it's, you know, obviously parents need to uh, judge themselves what their kids should and shouldn't see. But I a lot of young kids who went to see it when I when I saw it.
0: And I, it seemed like they had a good time. It, I, it is I, a film that celebrates thinking critically, right? And it's it's not a film I don't think that was necessarily designed to indoctrinate as much as it is designed to question and to... um. And also, it was a it was a very personal film, I think, by the filmmaker um, Greta Gerwig. But you know, a, again, for people who are afraid of ideas, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but uh, but I, I will say that um, you know, both of these movies, both Ar- Oppenheimer and Barbie, one of their strengths is the conversations that you have afterwards are yeah. almost as interesting and and sort of fruitful as the movies themselves. You know uh, that 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 if you're open to it and you're not just going to react, you know, to say, "Oh, I don't like the politics of this" or whatever, uh, the conversations are going to be interesting um, and and interesting cross generationally. You know, Barbie means different things to different generations of mm-hmm. of people, um, and uh, I think that uh, I think that that's terrific, uh, and I hope that people aren't aren't uh, scared off by that.
3: Yeah, and, and you know, people people are are questioning the politi- politics of it. Just go see the damn movie. It's a fun movie. But yeah. like the politics. <laughs> Have
2: exactly. fun with it. <laughs> so clearly, Barbie is the movie of the year. And I find that interesting because a few months ago, uh, I, I was thinking, oh, it'll be whatever Tom Cruise does. It'll be the new Mission Impossible. And, you know, you know, I don't hear anybody talking about Mission Impossible, certainly not Indiana Jones or The Flash or a lot of the other things. Barbie mission is impossible. the conversation yeah i agree but mission impossible
3: i mean there wasn't a second you could relax in that movie it was non-stop what a great action movie uh you know maybe people are tired of of the genre maybe people are tired of tom cruise i thought it was terrific
2: yeah but what if you saw the first six <laughs> <laughs>
3: well uh, you know what i forgot the first six so for me it was just a new movie uh,
0: yeah i mean uh, that's the thing I think that uh we we definitely have been under uh you know number fatigue, right you know we we're we're tired yeah. of these movies with the numbers attached to them and i mean uh they're they're still coming i mean before this year's out arch, we're getting another uh expendables movie, another Ghostbusters movie, another yeah. equalizer movie yeah. you know so um so those movies are still in the pike. But hopefully, maybe, you know, there's a new idiom starting, you know, that, that, that maybe we can start to see some movies that don't have numbers on the back end of them.
2: Now, I I want to share with you, too, that I took full advantage of our streaming world before uh, Gina and I went to see Oppenheimer. And that is, I remembered uh, the film Fat Man and Little Boy, remember, yeah. from 1989, where Paul Newman plays uh, General Groves and uh, Dwight Schultz was Oppenheimer and I remembered it was not much of a success. Laura Dern is in it and John Cusack and uh, sure enough, it wasn't very good. But but the through line, the storyline was good preparation for uh, the real thing. And then I went to Oliver has me looking at the Criterion Channel.
0: All right. I'm glad I put my impact on you,
2: Arch. They, thank you for that, Oliver. It's, your, it's up to you. It's because of you. They, they uh, are programming a documentary, Trinity, the day after from 1980, which, uh, should be, which everyone should watch before they go to see Oppenheimer. Then you get a sense of the names and the people and the conflicts and uh, the rest of it. August 7th, 1945. Dear Oppie, you are probably the most famous man in the world today, and yet I am not sure that this letter will reach you. But if it does, I want you to know that we are very proud of you. And if it doesn't, you'll know it anyway. Then I saw Oppenheimer, and uh, I totally was swept away by it. I just loved it. I never looked at my watch, and uh, and I felt like... There's a a story of the rise and fall of a great man, that it belongs uh, in comparison to Citizen Kane.
0: First of all, Arch, kudos to you for (laughs) doing your research before going to see this movie like an old-fashioned journalist. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs>
2: rubbed off on me, Oliver.
0: Studying, studying up. Well, you rubbed off on me in so many ways, Arch. Uh, and I, I think in, I, I think that's a great idea, frankly, uh, of of doing it the way that you you did. I, I think you're probably more engaged, especially because of the sort of fractured time frame of the movie, uh, and and having that sort of yeah. a baseline kind of gives you a a sort of soil to to kind of enjoy and understand the uh the various uh, mutating plants of of Oppenheimer for me i i thought that the movie felt a little conventional with a lot of bells and whistles um and and the structure of the twin uh hearings uh was not as as compelling as i wanted it to be i mean did you really care if he held on to his uh, military um uh you know, clearance. I, I I didn't feel that it was that big of a, a stakes, but we are talking about, you know, the potential end of the world so that that stakes does kind of hang over. I, I was lukewarm on the film overall, uh, but I, uh, I again, um, the performances were terrific, especially the lead performance and um, and the movie's um, passions. Uh, and um, and execution were something to admire, uh, even if the structure felt to me not as compelling as I needed it to be. Okay, what now, did you Cinema jump in here. What I, you, I, I liked it of? a
3: lot. I thought it was a little long, but again, I I stayed awake, which is a, an accomplishment in itself. Um, <laughs> you know what? If you go see that movie, I think you should. Everyone should have the Run P app. R U N P E E app. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a timer. You set the timer when the movie starts, and it gives you the times where you could go to the bathroom, and, and <laughs> while you go, it tells you what you missed. So you don't miss anything. You say, "Was this a good time? You know when you should go, when you should not go. It tells you if there's stuff after the credits, uh, uh, if you should hang around or not. It's a wonderful thing. And so <laughs> I, I must tell you, though, I didn't need it because this movie kept me so engaged that I, 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 even if I had to go, I wouldn't have gone. It was. I thought it was a terrific movie, and I'm going to go see it again uh, because my wife wants to see it. I saw I saw it with a friend.
2: Well, uh, I'm going again with uh, one of my movie buff friends, Owen Davis, and he has bought us two tickets to the Udvar Hussi, uh mm, IMAX Theater mm, way out fun. in uh, Virginia, and he's offered to give me a ride home. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> it's going to be a whole day. You know this i i don't get the deal of the uh Barbenheimer, that people would watch oppenheimer and then have a chaser of uh barbie i just after oppenheimer i was exhausted and i and i didn't want i in fact i left feeling doomed
3: well that's <laughs> you know the problem with that it's a six hour commitment when you factor in coming attractions yeah and if you see it in amc theater you have to sit th- through, through the, sit through two of those dreadful Nicole Kidman uh, promos telling you to go to the movies.
0: We come to this place for magic. We come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to care,
2: because we need that, all of us. Why are they still running that?
3: I, I know it's been like two and a half, three years of that. You know what I do now when they play at Arch? I stand up and boo people think i'm crazy but it's 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 dreadful i mean she's a wonderful actress she may be a wonderful person but i'm so tired of her telling me to come to the movies when i'm already at the movies
0: Oh. Okay, Lou. I, I know that you boo now, but I want you to instead to do a one-person show uh, during uh, Nicole Kidman's thing, and just, just just act it out in front of the audience. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I, I re- memorized re- it by now.
3: Oh, I, 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 I just follow along and re- say all the words to my wife when she's sitting there. It, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's. I, I, I don't know how others feel about it, but I, you know, and I go to the movies a lot. I probably have spent you know ten hours watching that thing and all the movies I've seen and all the times they've played that. are you as, afraid
2: you're going to get thrown out of AMC? For
0: are you kidding? Him? If AMC threw Lou out, they would go under the next day.
3: <laughs> exactly. They need me.
0: He's He's got carte blanche there. He's like <laughs> the emperor
2: of AMC. Uh, Do you but, earn points at AMC? Do you get, <laughs> like, what, free plane trips or exactly hotel rooms?
0: <laughs> you have your own suite there, Lou um but i have to say as far as as barbenheimer goes i i hate to tell you this arch but if you look at the thermometer this weekend over where you are in dc i think it's going to reach far over 100 degrees you know we've we've been going through that here in la you know so as overwhelming as it might be you know six hours in, in in air conditioning uh resting your tired bones and staying away from the nightmare reality that has turned in that our environment and planet has turned into uh you know escaping uh global warming by seeing uh, uh a movie about the atomic
2: bomb <laughs> you know uh it sounds pretty good to me are you seeing that in la uh theaters showing 18 20 screenings of barbie in a day and selling oh. them out uh, absolutely,
0: yeah. I mean, um, my daughter was in uh, Rehoboth and saw it on a on a Monday morning, and it was and it was almost entirely filled up. Um, it's um, it's exciting, but also right. It's not just those two movies. Uh, there's lots of exciting movies at the theaters right now. You know, whether you like them or 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 hate them, from from uh, theater camp to past lives, um. There's even a, a really good horror movie coming out this weekend that was a big hit at the Sundance Film Festival, an Australian film called Talk to Me.
2: What did the hand feel like? It felt amazing. I could see and feel everything on the other side. So my mom, she was trying to reach out.
0: So when you've seen these two films or as um, or like Lou, you've seen them two or three times. Uh, there are other things, um, you know, that again, that don't have numbers at the end of them that are really exciting to see at the movies right now. So uh, this is a um, this is a this is a glorious inflection point for for movies at a time when uh, the industry that makes them has never been. um more uh, crippled and, and uh, diseased and in a in a painful place. Uh, Oliver, so, I, w-
3: I wanted to ask you, you mentioned theater camp, if I may switch a yeah. little bit. I saw the preview for it. I had emailed you on this and it looked to me like a documentary.
2: Welcome, auditioners. You guys are so talented, so unbelievable. This will break you. This will fully destroy you.
0: Congratulations on being the most talented kids at camp. I'm
2: so grateful that you are all here to bravely choose to get better now we're going to do a little bit of an exercise to just strengthen our mouths. I was with Al Gore by the old cheese store, and he brought his own bags from the ocean floor.
3: Wolf Blitzer has a blister on his
2: upper lip.
3: And it wasn't until the third or fourth time I saw the preview. That I saw Ben Platt in there and the young lady from, from the bear. Does it play like a documentary? Cause it, it looked interesting.
0: It, it's in the manner of, um, of like Christopher guest movies, the mockumentary. Hmm. Uh, so um, it feels, it's like a mashup between um, waiting for Guffman and meatballs. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, it's a, it's a really uh, uh, fun movie. Again, you know, it's funny you know we forget uh, you know um uh how how wonderful it is to laugh with a group of people right uh, uh you know to hear where they laugh and you don't and to and to laugh at something you wouldn't have necessarily caught because they do you know these are t- this is just one of the great human experiences um you know uh i'd say uh, along with these big spectacles and IMAX movies seeing comedies and horror movies in a movie theater there's just nothing like it you know um and um and that's a that's just a funny movie it's just a movie where there are jokes coming and coming and coming uh, and and also um that one is uh, is very tender
3: great
2: I-, I love that actress Molly Gordon who uh, helped direct theater uh camp, and she's also in uh season two of uh the Bear. yeah, in fact, I think she's one of the things that kind of pulls it along and uh and so uh, that that's on my my movie bucket list theater yeah. camp
0: you're gonna enjoy it arch um you're I think i I think it's gonna be um you know, I think you're gonna laugh. I can already imagine Arch's wonderful laugh filling the theater, hopefully it won't be empty.
3: Can can I can I bring something up here to kind of switch topics a little bit? Have you guys seen the movie Sound of Freedom and mm. and there's been a lot of controversy with it. I'm just curious what your opinion of that movie is and the controversy surrounding it.
0: I, I haven't seen it and and uh, and it's um and I'm sad that I haven't. You know, this is a kind of movie that right doesn't get screened for critics, right? Because it's sort of meant to kind of bypass uh the traditional establishment and go sort of straight to the faith-based community um and i wish that uh that critics were part of the conversation and i think it's i think it's great uh that uh that um we're reaching out uh or that that films reach out to the faith-based community uh and uh i think it's important that underserved communities uh, uh, uh get stories that matter to them uh in uh in movie theaters and uh, I hope that pe- that 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 they are as open to to movies, perhaps like Barbie, that conflict with some of the ideas that they have, as others are are open to this one. Um, but I am um, I'm curious about it. Did you see it, Lou? I,
3: I saw it. I saw it the first day it came out. I knew nothing about it. I said, "Oh, here's a new movie. Let me go see it." Um, and I thought it, And I even I even um, emailed Arch after I saw it. I said, "This is a." very powerful movie about
0: a very important topic sound of freedom is one of those films that can legitimately change this world so we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help let's make this film a historic event and the start the end of child trafficking
3: now angel films who did it um is they do a lot of faith-based i didn't see this as a faith-based movie I thought it was an important topic about, you know, child abduction. Um, and then afterwards, people started talking about Jimmy Kavizel and his political views. Look, I, I'll go. You know, I go see, uh, I go see Mel Gibson movies. I don't agree with him, but I'll see his movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I thought, and people are saying, you know, there's a, there's a thing that if you can donate for people to see this movie, you can't afford it.
2: That's yeah, part no, that's of the plan. That's great. That's an interesting yeah, idea.
3: It's interesting, and and but now people have posted on Twitter and other places. Oh, the movie says it's sold out, but nobody's there. Well, on one of my trips to the AMC, I just peeked in, place was theater was packed. Mm-hmm. Then I saw my movie, a new, a new, a new running of it. I peeked in, theater was packed. So people who are saying that they're giving away tickets, but people aren't attending, it's not true in my in my observation. I thought it was an important movie. To take away the politics, just like Barbie, take away the politics, take it for what it is. Maybe it's not hundred percent factually correct because it's based on someone's life. but the the message there I thought was important.
2: that's that that's an important point. Uh, I th- there's an interesting backstory to it because uh, it was made several years ago mm-hmm. and uh, and they kind of picked this time now to get it out there but it's a word of mouth movie it's not it's not a broad uh so those are always interesting and they certainly have found their audience and i think we all got to uh celebrate that we've got to uh to uh, acknowledge that.
0: Well and and I think it's also important to note that like these um, these subjects have have been in other movies, right? I mean uh, there was a uh, there's a really terrific movie that came out a couple of um, years ago um, called uh, You were Never really Here uh, directed by Lynn Ramsey and starring Joaquin Phoenix. That was an art movie, right? That was more of a, of a traditional type of, um, you know, art house film uh, that, that dealt with a similar subject uh, from a great director. You know, so so one side does not necessarily have the uh, possession of these types yeah, of stories. Yeah, right. Yeah. And 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 uh, they can be told from lots of different perspectives by lots of different people. Um, and uh, again, I'm glad that people are going to the movies, that this is a, that, that, that the, these conversations <laughs> are not about not going to the movies. Right. Which is what we were talking about when we were talking about The Flash or talking about Indiana Jones. But these conversations are about going to the movies, you know, and, and, and I much prefer those conversations.
2: So uh, we're, we're at this time where people are talking about movies again. They're certainly talking about Oppenheimer. They're talking about Barbie, for sure. Uh, the Sound of Freedom has certainly found an audience on the one hand. On the other hand, the other day I read, well, this is also the end of the summer movie season because there's nothing in the pipeline. What are you hearing about the strike out there and where we're going from this?
0: I don't think it can be overemphasized of what a desperate moment this is. Uh, and, um, and that this is an unprecedented uh, moment. It's an unprecedented reckoning right uh about um not just the movies and but but about the direction of the economy and the, and, a, and a reckoning about the uh new technology era and and the way that silicon Valley um concepts and ideas have been brought to different businesses uh to not necessarily the the, the greatest effect. I mean um we have this moment right now, and we better enjoy it. Because we might not be getting it again for a while, uh, you know. This, um, uh, this is a this is a, a howl of joy before there's going to be a long desert of silence and desperation uh, that follows it. Um, so. I I I don't think it's just the summer movie season that we're going to have to worry about. We're going to have to worry about you know the prestige films, uh, the uh, art house films, all of the movies that we care about. But this year, by God, you know we're getting a Scorsese movie, right? I mean, uh, this year we're getting we're getting all our Christmas presents. So enjoy it uh, because it's going to get bad. Wow,
2: <laughs> Lou, you got me. <laughs>
3: No, I I, I think, uh, you know, the way things are going, we may see Barbie in the theaters for the next year and a half. Yeah. Uh, because there may not be anything. Now, I did hear, Oliver, and you, you may uh, know more about this, that there was a green light given to independent movies, or at least yeah. some of them. So yes. I guess there's some something coming down the pike when all these big features stop.
0: Yeah. Um. So, I mean there are productions that are that are going uh, that sag after has um has allowed to to happen um but uh, and, and and maybe you know out of desperate times creative innovation sometimes comes right so so maybe there will be some some flashes and moments of um of creativity among this kind of um this shutdown you know this this period of darkness uh, we can hope so, but that's um, you know that's gilding the lily. That's uh, that, that that that's putting as optimistic a view uh, uh, on this as as uh, we can.
3: You know, creative creative people tend to adjust um, when you know people stop buying CDs and albums and and streaming became the thing. All these bands started going on tour. Now I noticed today tickets went on sale for Michael Che and Colin Jost who have taken their their uh, Saturday no, right. no Saturday night they're now on the road of course you know tickets are 150 bucks um i don't i like them a lot but i'm not sure i want to pay 150 <laughs> bucks to see them but i think i think we may be seeing a lot of that of of performers you know, and, and Broadway is still, uh, you know, is not affected. Yeah, so yeah. there may be a bunch of people. You
0: know, when we had that switch away from concrete media in the music industry, the music industry disappeared as we know it. I mean, uh, it, it was wiped off the, the face of the earth. And also, um, you know, it, it's great that, that bands are touring and things like that, but they have to in order to to, to live. I mean I I've been listening lately a lot to uh the record by uh Tom Petty Wildflowers one of his beautiful late records and you know Tom Petty might still be alive today if he didn't have to tour uh and keep the schedule up that he had to keep up because um he wasn't getting the 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 type of 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 payout that he was getting uh you know when when we had CDs and records uh so um
2: so yes these opportunities exist but they're really at a cost hmm. Speaking of opportunities existing and the cost, it's time to check in with Lou Katz, the great radio classicist and enabler of Katz Podcasting and Hound Radio, which makes this podcast possible.
1: Well, we have something very special we do every weekend, especially if you like Lost Songs. Check this out. According to the Webster Dictionary, the definition of the word stiff, when used as a noun, is a flop or failure. So Hound Radio, lover of
3: floppy ears and all kinds of music, invites you to enjoy an hour of musical
1: flops and failures. Hey, it's Lou. Thanks to Lisa over in Falls Church, one of our Hound listeners. She is sent in a classic stiff. Came in number 58 in 1972 on the Billboard charts. We and call
3: after- it Sunday Night Stiffs. Each weekend for an hour, Hound Radio will play nothing but lost songs that never became hits. Some are singles, some are album tracks, but they all have one thing in common. They're stiffs. Got one you want to hear? Send it to Lou at houndradio.com. There's only one internet radio station that's bold enough or dumb enough to do this. It's Sunday Night Stiffs, every weekend from 9 till 10 on Hound Radio.
2: So, Lou, you went to Barbie, right? Lou, me you saw barbie no no uh, oh. lou cat the the head of cats podcasting
1: yes we did go see barbie yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and i wore my pink shirt <laughs> were you the oldest person at the theater <laughs> probably lou you called it
0: cute which is what my mother would say every time she hated a movie um, but, uh, in, in, in your case, cute was not, was not an insult.
1: I just thought there was multiple levels of takeaways on the film. You know, the, the, the sort of not so subliminal thoughts about, I don't know, different things, society, and then, and then at the very end, and I don't want to be a spoiler on it, but I thought the end was sort of unexpected for me. So I don't know. I, I we enjoyed it though. Yeah. And, and like, like you all have been talking about during a podcast, the theater was packed.
2: Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of Greta Gerwig, and uh, remind me of that when we get around to uh, making uh, some recommendations for the weekend. I am anybody watching Full Circle on HBO? That Soderberg uh, series.
0: I, I haven't, and isn't it strange that Steven Soderbergh, one of the great living mm-hmm. uh, cinematic artists. artists of our time, makes a series that gets almost no promotion, no mention. Nothing. I mean, uh, I, I, I barely knew that it had come out. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm of course going to see it cause I see everything that the guy makes,
3: uh, Good but cast. come on
2: CCH pounder, you know, wonderful uh, mm. character actress is, uh, is uh, the evil uh, glove behind uh, a kidnapping gone wrong? And uh, you know, it's it's I I'm I'm a fan of it. It's there to watch, and I told you I watched The Bear season two. Uh, you I'm guys, so
0: glad you broke down and watched The Bear, Arch. You were
2: kind yeah, of out yeah. on that for a and while. I really like season two a lot.
1: And Arch, I know you're a big fan of Molly Gordon Claire in The Bear, and here's what she had to say about the show.
2: You know, Carmi's going so fast and and running from so much so much family trauma and all this stuff, just looking at another human being is like the most intimate thing he could possibly do. So I think the way that they just look at each other, and he starts to really like let go and I love that later in the season, when we have our kind of sex scene, true intimacy for Carmi is just staring at another woman like really just deep connection like that and I loved to get a, be a, to get to be a part of something like that where that was what it wasn't some like sexy naked thing. it was just like looking into each other's eyes. It moved
0: me a great deal. Did you like it too, uh, Lou? I, I'm still
3: watching. I'm I've, I'm about four episodes in. I like what I've seen so far, and I'll finish it probably this weekend.
2: Yeah, wait till you get to episode six—the family dinner in the bear. That's that's well, the high point. The
0: one-two punch of episode six and episode seven uh, is uh, something that you know really stands singularly. In uh, in the in in the television landscape, yeah. Um, yeah. the episode uh, fishes and episode forks. Wow!
2: So, uh, one word or two, shall we acknowledge uh, Tony Bennett, who passed away last week and uh, uh, made the front pages of the newspapers uh, such an icon? Uh, I interviewed him several times, and what I re- always remember is uh I would say thank you and he would say oh thank you for the interview
3: <laughs> Arch I saw him he appeared when Pittsburgh hosted the major league baseball all-star game sometime oh. in the nineties they had a show at Heinz Hall and he was the he was the big star. But you know who opened for him? It was very, very interesting. Michael Keaton doing stand-up opened really? for Tony Bennett. Yeah.
0: And yeah. it was
3: free. It was free to all the media. It was a wonderful, wonderful show.
0: Keaton well he's a, a great son of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh uh, Michael Keaton and um uh but the I think what you're describing there arch is his incredible warmth, right? That yeah. you just felt in 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 obviously in the way that he sang and the way that he cradled the lyric, right? You know, uh he didn't he didn't like just expose or expand, he kind of like held it like a baby. And 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 he did that not just with the way that he sang and and but also with the people that he met and even in um you know the the process of of being with the press he was able to find that sort of that gentleness and that caring you know and uh i think um that 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 really translated across generations you know and uh and made him something singular and also right once he uh you know uh had his alzheimer's diagnosis that sort of tenderness and, and, uh, and sweetness was still there you know yeah, yeah. Uh, that that it didn't really go away uh and uh so it was like an essential aspect and it made him a really powerful figure
2: NPR played uh, his uh, great hit I left my heart in San Francisco and that song is so good it almost sings itself I left my heart in San Francisco. And I've been yeah. singing it to myself. <laughs> I have a feeling you don't do as good a job as Cone <laughs> No. So we've got less than a minute. What shall we recommend for the weekend? Lou, what do you like?
3: Well, okay, a couple of things. Goliath documentary
2: on Will Chamberlain is on Showtime. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's
3: a series. And the other thing is a show on Peacock and MSNBC. It's called Geography of Bliss with Rain Wilson, and he tries to find what makes people happy. Happiness is out there, hiding in some of the places you'd least expect. What I wanna know is,
2: which places?
3: The first episode he went to Iceland, voted the most, the happiest place on earth. It was fabulous.
2: I'll look for it. Oliver, what do you like this weekend?
0: I'm gonna suggest on PBS, uh, a documentary called uh, Liquor Store Dreams about Korean uh, liquor store owners in Los Angeles. Uh, that is really, really fascinating. Wow. And on the opposite end, uh, at the AFI this weekend on Saturday at 9.30, go
2: see Mulholland Drive. So that's Oliver Jones of Observer.com and Cinema Lou of the AMC Frequent Flyer Club. Lou Katz, thank you as always. I'm Arch Campbell and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. This is the Cats Podcasting System where it's not just a podcast, but a pod cats.